Blog Talk Radio. Everybody, Chris Sheeran here on the Chris Sheeran Show, obviously, on Blog Talk Radio Live, and then on YesNetwork.com the rest of the day. Getting you ready for the Yankees and the Rangers, game two of their four-game set, deep in the heart of Texas. Uh, no offense there to Pee Wee Herman, Pee Wee's uh, big adventure back then, uh, dating myself a little bit there, but the stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of Texas. Uh, the stars are not big and bright in the uh, world of baseball right now. Well, just one of them, actually, for now. Uh, that, of course, the major news across the baseball landscape, and that is Ryan Braun and uh, his 65-game suspension that was handed down. And this morning when I woke up, you know, I really wanted to get your feel. I wanted to get uh, what my Twitter followers were thinking about Braun and uh, his suspension. So we'll just get right to it with your responses because I, I said this was going to be driven by uh, you, uh, my followers, today. So we'll start with JB. That's at JB Tweet Nothings. Uh, he says he should have taken the Giambi and Pettit route. Uh, admit it up front, and people tend to forgive you easier. I tend to agree with that a little bit. I think all the denial is what's really, really hurting Braun now and how he just flat-out denied it for basically the past two years. Um, also, we heard from Gina Source, that's at Gina Source XO. Uh, she said, I'm glad he didn't appeal it and apologize, but he shouldn't have waited until he got caught to admit his mistakes. Uh, also, um, JB Tweet Nothings again came in and said, isn't it funny how apologetic people get after they get caught? Uh, Accu Violetta, A-C-C-U-V-I-O-L-E-T-A, says the only thing worse than the crime, in quotes, is a poor apology that tiptoes around having to say, I lied. Um Danny Valentin, uh, at Danny V128, considering the strong words he chose to defend himself in the past, it's sad, shows no moral or conscious. Um, what else do we have here? Another one from Violetta Yaz, at AccuVioletta. I now know, dot, dot, dot. Uh, so when you took PEDs, you were unsure it was wrong or not. If you're going to apologize, apologize. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, a lot of people who are angry, and you know what? They have the right to be. They really do. And some of the players that I read today. Uh, some quotes from some of the players, they were they were pretty intense. And, and the first one I want to read to you is from Skip Schumacher. He's a Dodgers utility guy. Uh, and if you know Skip Schumacher, not the biggest of guys, but gets the job done. And he said, in my opinion, he should be suspended. Lifetime ban. One strike, you're out. It's enough. It's ridiculous. You're still doing this? This guy is one of the main guys that are the face of the franchise and the face of baseball. For him to do this and maybe get caught twice already is ridiculous. A guy loses his job because of it. Hopefully he gets that back. He lied. He lied to a lot of people. I was convinced after that MVP that he didn't do it. I think he should hand over that MVP to Matt Kemp. Matt Kemp is also Skip Schumacher's teammate right now. 
on the Dodgers. How about Seattle Mariners outfielder Jason Bay? As much as you want to try and clean up the game and this and that, I've said it before, the last time something like this happened, it's just another black eye for baseball. We'll get through it, but still, you play baseball, it still hurts. Uh, Marlins manager Mike Redman. For these guys, still to be involved with this stuff just baffles me. The education's there, and everybody knows what you can and can't take. It baffles me that this continues to be a black cloud over the game. I know Major League Baseball has done a great job of cleaning up the game and the testing policy and all that, and it's working. But at the same time, too, it seems like we'll go through a lull, and then, bam, here comes another guy that gets suspended. It's got to stop. Torrey Hunter. Tigers outfielder. I'm pretty sure Brawny won't be the last. It's going to be for the next 100 years. Somebody's going to try to beat the system, and as long as they keep catching guys, the system works. The program works, and it proved that. Mariners pitcher Joe Saunders. I talked to a lot of the guys, and we think the penalties aren't harsh enough, really. They should step up the penalties even more. That will really set the telltale sign that if you cheat and do get caught, you're going to lose a lot of money. Braun's deal that he made or whatever, it's going to last 65 games. To me, it's not enough. Next year, he's making even more money. I think it should have been a year's suspension at least. Just my take on it. I don't get why guys have to do that stuff. Joe Saunders rapidly becoming one of my new favorite players. Here's Dusty Baker's take, Reds manager. I guess this gives an example to to the kids what not to do. Last time it kind of made it sound like it was something to do to gain an advantage. Now I think it's come to fruition that it's giving you a big disadvantage because some of the guys were making a lot of money by doing it and some of the good guys were sort of feeling maybe they had to do bad things to keep up. Evidently, it didn't stop. That's it in a nutshell right there. Here's Bruce Bochy, Giants manager. I think it's important now... Listen close, okay? Listen close. Because this is the buzzword that I've talked about before on this show. I think it's important for the integrity of the game. With the kids who are coming up to play baseball, it's an important message to them, the fans, and also the players that do it right. Remember that, integrity. I'm somewhat happy this is over so we can move forward, said Brewers general manager. uh, Said Brewers manager Doug Melvin. Uh, or general manager, excuse me, Doug Melvin. He's a Milwaukee brewer. He's wearing the uniform next year. His focus will be to get ready for next year. And I wanted to end with that one because that's something that Pete Rose and Shoeless Joe Jackson, they didn't get. They didn't get it next year. Ryan Braun and anyone caught a first or second time, they get another chance. I think that's what people, that's what, you know, baseball purists are upset about. And that buzzword, even Braun used the word integrity when he was defending himself. He used that word. And it's funny, that's the same word that came up when Pete Rose was banned for life from the game of baseball. Integrity. Now I ask you, what's the difference between improving yourself physically for financial gain or decreasing your chances of winning by decreasing your potential for financial gain, i.e. gambling? To me, it's the same thing. 
Now, don't get me wrong. I think baseball and I think the union, at least there's something in place, and they're starting to take this very seriously. They're not even defending Braun. He's out, 65 games. But again, a lot of people making a lot of good points. 65 games, the Brewers are out of it. Braun is kind of hurt. So he gets to heal up. He loses less than 2% of his career salary. And then he comes back next year and he'll make more money. It's a slap on the wrist compared to what these other guys went through. That's all I'm saying. Shoeless Joe Jackson, he didn't get a second chance. Kennesaw Mountain Landis said, see you later. Go play in Hoboken. That's where all this anger comes from, from purists. And you have every right to be angry. Every right. And it's the way Braun handled this from the outset. Dragging the guy that did his test through the mud, saying he tampered with it. And then when it came to his connection to Tony Bosch, saying there was a dispute over compensation for Bosch's work, when his attorneys worked with him, quote-unquote, he answered questions about uh, testosterone and uh, epitestosterone ratio and possibilities of tampering with samples, uh, which is why his lawyer and himself were listed under monies owed and not on any other list. This is why people are upset, and they have every right to be. Baseball, though, is going in the right direction. At least there is some action being taken for this stuff that's going on. Now, I also tweeted out something else as we bring in our guest here. And our guest is Mr. Lou DiPietro of YesNetwork.com. Lou, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, Just wrapped up talking about the whole brawn suspension and uh, I wanted to talk about the Yankees with you uh, our Yankee expert resident Yankee expert here <laughs> and uh well don't laugh uh, you're 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 good at your job you're good at what you do and uh, Lou writes for the the website and uh Doug Williams also does a great job for the website as well he just joined us uh we lost Joe Oriama but we gained Doug Williams and and Lou DiPietro's been awesome since he's gotten here as well and he joins us now to talk little Yankees. Now, Lou, I, I brought this up uh, on Twitter this morning. And, you know, it was kind of piggybacking on what Mike Francesa was talking about yesterday. But to give myself a little bit of credit, uh, like Chris Mad Dog Russo used to say, I tweeted out right after the All-Star game, how many Tigers in that dugout, Verlander, Leland, uh, Cabrera, jokingly, if at all, went up to Marion Rivera and said, you could waive that no trade. Come on. Come on, what are you doing? <laughs> wave the no trade. So it's an orange D on a World Series ring. It's not an NY. You're still a Yankee. You just get another ring. Come on. Come over. You know, and I, and I put that out there on Twitter, and I said, you know, would that upset you as a Yankee fan? Now, let me just read a couple of these responses before we get you in here, Lou. All right. And uh, 
JB Tweet Nothings, again, big fan of his because he tweets back. Not that he would, but if he did, no Yankee fan could or should hold it against Mo. He's helped them get enough rings. Now, I tend to agree with that. I never think it's going to happen. I don't think he would waive his no trade. I don't think he would do it. I, I just don't think it's in Mo. Um, but the way the Yankees are playing right now, I, I just – and I'll bring you in here. I, I just don't – if he's not pitching – what good is a swan song if you're not even out there pitching? Yeah, I, I think in this case, I, I disagree with that thought and, and the thought of the tweet you just read in, in this manner. He's been a Yankee for 19 years. Uh, I understand the Ray Bork thought where, you know, he's he was a Bruin forever and they traded him to Colorado so he could finally win that ring. That was a different circumstance in that, you know, he didn't have five already. Yeah, Mo has five. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like he's, I mean, you know, ring starved the guy, and he's probably yeah. the major reason why they have all those rings. Yeah, one for the one for the other ring finger would be nice. I'm sure. <laughs> you, you know, like you said, he won't waive his no trade clause, and I just think the I I don't know how to say it, so I'm just going to say the, the the kind of public relations backlash that might cause. I mean, you know, right now that if you look at your schedule on September 26th. Against Tampa, you could probably almost be assured whether the Yankees are 17 games up in first place or 17 games out of first place. Mariano Rivera is pitching the ninth inning of that game. That's the Yankees' final home game of the season. That's it. His final home game. He's done, barring, you know, the playoffs. I mean, that's that's a moment, you know, that's probably being built to in fans' minds, and even the Yankees are probably already know that's going to happen. You know, if if you decide to trade him, who knows, you know, is he going to pitch during that Tampa Bay series? Is, if it happens in August, you know, does he go after he pitches against Baltimore on Labor Day weekend? Or it's it's just a whole thing. It's I understand the thought behind it, and there's plenty of other guys the Yankees could decide to trade if they think that – you know, we'll, we're a little we'll, bit we'll out of it. Let's, let's yeah, we'll get to unload. that in a second. You know, it's just – it's not going to happen. Let's just say that. It's not going to happen, but it's just—it's interesting to talk about. As Francesca brought it up yesterday, and he said the same thing. It's not going to happen, not even probably not. It's not going to happen. It's just uh, – <laughs> it's a good little discussion you could have with your friends back and forth. Um, let me get to a couple more here. Uh here, Danny Valentin again. He he was on before with the with the brawn. He he offered this on Mo at Danny V one twenty eight. Uh, if he did, it would mean via trade, which would be blasphemous on the Yankees' part, and I would boycott them. Um, Sean Williams at Sean E Will. That being, uh, let me get to his first one. I'd rather see Mo pitching in October for say the Tigers than sitting on his couch. Uh, that being said, we'd have to com- be completely out of it. If we did, we might as well move Cano and resign him in the offseason and see how these are getting to that other point you just made and, and what we were talking about earlier. Uh, Meredith D. Uh, at Yankee Beat Chick says, of course, but if the Yankees go into sell mode, would Cano want to stay? Next year looks worse. What a send-off for Jeter. And, you know, th- then there's, of course, you know, Elston Howard who went to the Red Sox and came back in 1967. There was that. But Moe's not coming back. So and and we talked about this earlier this morning, Lou. The Yankees have how many players under contract for next year? Uh, if you discount all the players who are arbitration eligible, team control, because you know they're technically under contract, but 
the the money's not there. I, I think the number is six. Um, you know, they have you know Wells to share a Sabathia. Jeter's got the uh, the option that vests. Ichiro is under contract and A Rod. That's it. I mean, that's it. Everybody else is either a free agent or in their last you know one of their arbitration years or. In the case of guys like Nunez and, you know, Phelps and them, they're under team control and will be renewed. But of guys who have an actual bona fide chunk of salary committed to 2014, it's six guys. Wow. So what do you think the Yankees should do and could do? You know, we're talking about the trade deadline at the 31st of July and also the non-waiver, the waiver trade uh, line at the August 31st. What, what can the Yankees do, you know, in the, in the next two months if they do fall out of contention entirely? Well, if that happens, I mean, you know, right now with all the reports that Soriano, an Alfonso Soriano deal is coming or, you know, what have you, Obviously, the Yankees look to be in buying mode, and there's a few places they know they need to upgrade. You know, they could use a third baseman, a right-handed hitting outfielder, things they've needed all year, really. Um, once August 1st hits and, and the, the non-waiver deadline's over, it would behoove the Yankees, perhaps, to just put everybody on waivers and see who clears. I mean, obviously, they can pull guys back. Even if they have no intention of trading, say, Mark Teixeira, they can put them on waivers, see what happens. Pull him back. Somebody claims him not. We pull him back. He's done. Um, you know, obviously the the three big sexy names there are, are Cano and Granderson and Corota. Um, they're all free agents at the end of the year. You know, and, and like you referenced in that earlier tweet, if Cano's going to be a Yankee for the rest of his career, they could say, look, you know, we're out of it. If you want to go somewhere else for a couple of months and then come back in the off season, we'll give you the money. It's not like the NBA where they would hold his bird rights and he can get more money elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, if he is elsewhere, it's you know the luxury tax is really the only salary cap, and they can give him whatever he wants. Um, same with anybody, really. So you know, Granderson again, he hasn't played all but you know for a couple weeks this year, and you know there's no return date scheduled for him yet. But if he comes back in, you know. August and hits well and the Yankees don't plan to go forward with him, that could be something they could look to try to send him somewhere. You know, he'd probably be only be owed about four or five million at that point, maybe less. You know, somebody might be willing to take that on for a, for a lower level prospect as a rental. Same with Kuroda. I mean, you look at the way he's pitching, if the Yankees feel they're out of it on August 31st, which I should say the Yankees will never feel they're out of it, nor should they. I mean, you know, that's that's the way any baseball team should think. But if on August 31st they're you know 15 games out of first place for some reason, there's a guy that could fit, you know Kuroda would be great for somebody in September. He's got a, a sub three ERA in the American League East, which is amazing. You know he could go somewhere for mm-hmm. a couple months, help somebody win a championship, and bring the Yankees a piece or two back that they can build with going forward. And like I said, those are just the three big names. I mean, you know they could theoretically do that with Pettit. Uh, and Mariano, obviously, but, you know, Phil Hughes, Boone Logan, Jabba Chamberlain, a couple of those guys have already been, had their names bandied about in trade rumors before, you know, Overbay is only under a one-year contract, so who knows if somebody might want him for, for their bench, you know, Hafner, same thing, Reali- realistically, almost anybody could be available if the point came where the Yankees decided, let's just reload for next year, shed a little bit of salary this year to lower our tax, and go from there. All right, well, 
I, I got a question from another Twitter follower, and he wanted to call in. His name is uh, the Max Gabriel, the authentic Max uh, on Twitter, and uh, he asked if I allowed callers. I usually do. I, I put the number out there. Um, but today, since I had you, I didn't want to be muddled with other phone calls. Um, and he had this question. Now, Dustin Pedroia, uh, he and the Red Sox, according to Jeff Passan of Yahoo Sports, uh, and CBS Sports' is John Heyman also uh, saying that talks are going on, and they have been going on for months for the 29-year-old being extended with the Red Sox. He signed through 2014. His current contract contains an $11 million team option for 2015. Now, his question is, Lou, and, and you would be better to answer this, do you think the Yankees' weight and base Cano's uh, new contract off of Pedroia's extension? I have a yes and no answer to that, and my thought is, my my initial thought is they don't need to do that, only because you know Pedroia and Cano are both two of the best in the game, and yes. you kind of know the number Cano is going to be looking for. I mean, there's been rumors mm-hmm. and all that, but you kind of have an idea of of where Cano is going to. Cano seems like he's going to be one of those you know eight year one hundred and eighty million kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Um, now, to wait to base the exact number off that, if, if you know, Pedroia takes a little bit of a hometown discount uh, with the Red Sox once that extension is worked out, it, you know, then they can say, well, okay, well, he's making eleven million a year. We'll pay you fifteen. You know, that's still a few million above, again, who was the other All Star second baseman for the, for the American League. But it's it's less than what you know. I mean, Cano's making fifteen million now on the option year, so you know, it's you got to see where it falls. The thought on the thought on the yes on that is you would absolutely want to see what the market dictates, obviously. But again, right. like I said, I don't I don't think I think there's already a number out there, and it's got to be more than he's making now because he's in his prime, and you know that's that's how things work. Um, so I think they can kind of gauge it to see how much of a raise maybe Pedroia gets. But there's already really an, probably realistically a number out there, and if they've had discussions, there's you know obviously possibly been numbers thrown around. I, I know the mindset of a lot of Yankee fans, and it's most Yankee fans. There, there's a couple of realistic Yankee fans out there, uh, maybe a handful of that. But the way the team has been snake bitten this year with injuries, and I'm not going to name them all. There, there's, there's too much. I mean, the replacements of replacements are, are on the DL. Uh, Zoilo Almonte, uh, for, for example, there. Um, you know, for this team. To be five games over 500, and listen, I know they're seven games out of first place. I know, you know, they're three and a half, four and a half out of a wild card spot. To me, as situated, the way this team is, to be in that position after the All-Star break, to me, is phenomenal. I I would have signed for that in a heartbeat, knowing, you know, this was going to be the case and not getting anybody back. And the way the Yankees scratch and claw for runs, a lot of people say the Yankees are boring. I think it's the opposite. I don't know how you think. You know, in 1998, I remember it got to the point where I didn't even watch games. I didn't have to. <laughs> I, I know they won. You know, I, it got to the point where, you know, you would get on the Internet back then because you didn't have the apps on the phones yet. You had the flip phones that, that didn't have the scores. But you would just say, 
do I really need to watch the Yankees tonight? They're going to win. Now, you know, it's a little bit of a struggle. And Girard, Joe Girardi, you know, he's doing, I think he's doing a great job managing this team this year. He, he's doing everything he can to get this team wins. Uh, it's it's entirely hard to get wins, Lou, uh, when you're scoring a run in the game, though. And uh, right. they really weren't the beneficiaries of the schedulers last night. And Girardi said, you know, that's part of the game. But to leave Boston at 3 a.m. after that marathon 11-inning, almost five-hour game against the Red Sox, get on a plane, fly to Texas, you know, get there at 6 a.m. and then have a game at uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time uh, in Arlington and facing you, Darvish, who is fresh off the disabled list, that's a little rough. <laughs> that's yeah, not to mention rough. he's one of the better pitchers in Major League Baseball. I mean, yeah, you know, they're, I mean, they're a tight team. You gotta give the Yankees a little break last night. I mean, well, you know, you look at Twitter and it, 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 people are ripping these guys. You can't take greenies anymore, and all the Red Bull in the world is not going to make you hit you, uh, Darvish, <laughs> fresh off a 15-day DL stint. So, I just think Yankee fans have to relax. They have to realize that this is this is your team this year. This is what's going to happen. You're going to get those little runs of four games or five-game winning streaks, but for the most part, and listen, I talked about this on on the show yesterday. If CC Sabathia doesn't start pitching like CC Sabathia, Lou, you know, back up the truck, you know, unload the lockers, you know, the the season is not going to go to October. Well, here's here's the thing. With I'll, to your first point, I'll just say this. You know, the casual fans, I'm sure, love the Canoes and the Jeters and the Grandersons and all that. And you know, this year has been maybe for a little more of the hardcore fans who are seeing. You know, I, I mean, guys like Lyle Overbay and Travis Hafner, Vernon Wells had a great April. Overbay has been solid, if unspectacular, all year. I mean, these guys are playing their hearts out, and it's kind of a gritty. It's a much I, different team. I love team. the guys. It's a much I different love feel. These guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's a I much do. different feel. So it's it. it's fun to watch. Um, to your CC point, I, I wrote an article maybe a month or so ago, positing whether it was time to start worrying about Andy Pettit because he's you know he hasn't been able to go deep in games. His back's been locked up. He's had trouble with bunts. He's given up runs in the first inning. And he, I, I said without saying it that Andy Pettit looks like he's forty years old. You know, he's he's, mm-hmm. he's starting. It looks like it's starting to catch up to him. Sabathia. He's just been a horse for so long. I mean, even last year when he was on the DL for a little while, you know, he only won 15 games, but he had a three-ish ERA, still almost made 30 starts, pitched 200 innings, was an all-star, like all all this. You look at his line right now, he's 9-8 and eight with a 437 ERA and 21 starts. Mm-hmm. The last time he had a 437 ERA, he was 20 years old, and he won 17 games for an Indians team that, you know, was com- competitive but not – you know, I mean, they won the AL Central, just, but they, they went nowhere listen, in the playoffs. I'm, I'm speculating here, and I, I know I shouldn't speculate. I, I just don't think he's right. You know, I, I don't know what it is. Pettit, you hit the nail on the head. When you're a pitcher and you have back problems, and you could tell, if Pettit's not able to finish his fastball and finish his slider – they are very flat, Lou. If you you know, he right. pitched well in his last start, but the starts before that, since he came off the the disabled list in June, his starts successively after that coming off the DL, I mean, 
he has looked very human. And and if and what you said, it just rang with me that back problems. If he's locking up with his back and he's not able to bend and finish those pitches, it's going to stay flat. It's going to stay in the middle of the plate. And, you know, it's going to be like Yvonne Drago. Everything he hits, he destroys. That's what it's going to be like, unfortunately. But the reason why I won't, and I said this yesterday, I'm not going to clown CeCe Sabathia, and I'm not going to clown Andy Pettit, because you know where they are every fifth day? They're on the mound. On the mound. Mm-hmm. They're on the mound. I, I'm sorry. I, I just can't do that. I can't. I can't clown. And, and you've been in that clubhouse. I've been in that clubhouse. Do they get upset when they lose games? Absolutely. How how upset does Andy Pettit get at himself? How upset does CC Sabathia get at himself? You think he wants to be pitching like this? He knows no, this team needs not. him. Yeah. So I mean, right. that's why I'm not going to go on this show or go on Twitter and and just you know act like I'm holier than thou. And I've I've never had a bad day in my life. I have too. We have no, about a minute the, Here's left. the thing I with mean, that. I just, I, wrap, wrap it up here, and, and we'll say goodbye. We have a minute left. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Here's the thing with that. You know, they get mad at themselves when they when they pitch when they don't pitch well, and Pettit at least seems to understand. You know, it's uh, you know his his routine's a little off. He knows that there's he knows what he needs to work on. The Sabathia thing, it's like I said, he's been such a horse for so long, and he's won 19, 20, 19, 21, You know, so many games that. Even if he comes back to earth a little bit this year and finishes, you know, 13 or 14 and 11 with a four ERA, that's pretty good in the American League East for a pitcher. But because it's CC Sabathia, it's magnified. So we kind of have to see. I mean, this year may just be an aberration, and we'll see what happens next year, and we'll see what happens in August and September. He gets better down the stretch, but you know, that's what makes CC look a little more like you know worrisome is that he's been so good for so long that even when he's back to very good. It's it kind of it kind of alarms you a little bit. Lou, excellent job. He's at Lou DePietro. Yes, that's L O U D I P I E T R O. Yes, on Twitter. I thank him for coming on. Excellent job as always. And I will see you guys at seven o'clock on Yankees batting practice today for Game Two of Four against the Rangers. Later, everybody.